Almighty God, you have promised that your holy word, which goes forth from your mouth, will not return to you empty, but it will accomplish what you desire, and it will succeed in the matter for which you have sent it. May your word have its way, we pray, in every heart this day, through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Please be seated. So, when we lived in Texas, uh, my wife taught at the local university in Stephenville. It was Tarleton State University, and one of the classes that she taught was business etiquette. That included uh, letter writing, uh, table etiquette, appropriate attire for various occasions, and making introductions. For example, let's say you are talking with someone, having a nice conversation, when suddenly the person you're talking with sees an old friend of his, and the two of those people come together and begin an extended conversation. And the person you were with doesn't bother to introduce you to his old friend. Has that ever happened to you? How would it make you feel? Probably left out. You might feel ignored. Until the person you were with introduces you to his friend. Only then do you feel included? Now that's etiquette. On our shelf at home, there's a big thick book by Emily Post on etiquette. It makes you sick to look at it. There's so many rules in there, and, and that's really not what etiquette's about. Roman numeral one in your sermon outline, etiquette is simply polite behavior. It's polite behavior. That's all it is. Letter A, it is thinking of and caring for others. It's thinking of and caring for people around you. For example, in Genesis 18, we read that Abraham was camped by the oaks of Mamre, sitting in the doorway of his tent during the heat of the day, when the Lord appeared to Abraham in the form of three men. Abraham quickly arose. He ran from his tent door to greet them. He bowed low to the earth, and he said, Do not pass by your servant if I found favor in your sight. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet. Rest yourselves here under the tree while I bring a morsel of bread so that you might refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on since you have come to your servant. And so they said, do as you have said. Now, that's proper etiquette in the Middle East. My wife and I experienced this last year when we were hiking in Galilee. We hiked from Nazareth to Cana where Jesus did his first miracle. And we got there kind of late, it was, it was nighttime. We, we found our room and we were to meet someone at a local restaurant and it was almost closing time. And We're walking down this dark alley and Harriet's talking to me and she refers to me as John, appropriately. But there's another man in the alley, he's listening. 
And he says, oh, he says, you must be Christians. Now, most of the people in Cana are Muslim. He said, you must be Christians. And we said, yes, I hear my name. And he said, I'm Christian too. He said, you must come into my home and have some refreshments. And I said, well, I'm sorry, we can't do that. We're due to an appointment in a restaurant that's going to close shortly. And he says, well, where are you headed? And I said, well, we're, we're on our way to Kibbutz Lavi. We're going to be hiking there tomorrow. And he said, well, first of all, it's not Kibbutz Lavi. It's Kibbutz Lavi. That's how you say it, Kibbutz Lavi. He says, and secondly, you don't have to walk. I will drive you there. And I said, well, no, we need to walk. That's why we're here. We're here to walk through Galilee. And he said, fine. And we, we had a nice discussion. We made our way to the restaurant. But that's an example of someone just showing proper etiquette in the Middle East. He said, you know, welcome to my village where Jesus did the first miracle of his ministry. It was exciting to experience that kind of etiquette. So, letter B, why is etiquette necessary? Sounds like one of those things that you can easily forget. Who cares about it? Well, point number one, all relationships are governed by rules. We live by rules every day, even unwritten rules. You might recall, if you listen to the news, um, after the Spanish women's soccer team won the Women's World Cup, that was two or three months ago, the head of the Spanish Soccer Federation, a man, kissed one of the star players on the lips. He took her face and just, like that. Now that crossed a line. It violated an unwritten rule. There was no consent involved. And it made a big dust up, and rightly so. Consent is important, but even consent is not enough. I would argue that consent has become the new standard of morality in our country. Today it's assumed that it doesn't matter what people do together as long as there's consent. Well, I would disagree. Just because people consent to something doesn't make it moral. People consent to do all kinds of stupid things all the time, but that's another subject. Point number two, relationships require care. They require care, concern for others. That's etiquette. Without that mutual care and concern being displayed, the relationship goes south. So look at our text this morning um, on page 8. Mark 1, 1, the beginning of the gospel or good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. Now, now what follows here is God the Father speaking to God the Son. Behold, or look, I send my messenger, that's John the Baptist, before your face, Christ's face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare, and the word prepare in the Greek manuscript is a second person plural command, okay? So it's you all prepare, right? And then make his path straight. Make is a second person plural command. You all make 
his paths straight. And that brings us to Roman numeral two. You all prepare the way of the Lord. You all make his path straight. This involves all of us. You all prepare. We all prepare. Why? Because the Lord is coming. Letter A. The Lord comes to us not because we're ready. Because he comes, we must be ready. We must be ready. So how can we be ready? Well, letter B. The Lord readies us for his coming. That's in verse 4. He readies us by sending John the Baptist to us. And he sends John to all of us, by the way. Not just the people of Judea 2,000 years ago. Verse 4. John appeared. He appeared. You see, John is God's answer to our lack of preparation for the Lord's coming. The Lord prepares us for his coming through the ministry of John. He's baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So, point number one, all of us come to Jesus through John, whether we realize it or not. Verse 7, he, John, came as a witness. This is John 1, 7 in John's Gospel. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all people might believe through him. That all might believe through him. John prepares us to believe in Jesus by reminding us of our sin and reminding us, therefore, of our need of forgiveness. Point number two, John proclaimed what? We would say repentance. Well, he does in a way, but he proclaims baptism. We read, John proclaimed a baptism of repentance. In other words, the people repented by being baptized, and they received forgiveness through that baptism. Because the baptism is for the forgiveness of sins. That's the object of it, the point of it. And notice, baptism is mentioned five times in this text. I mean, it's huge here. It's huge in the text because it's important. And notice letter C, the etiquette of those in Jerusalem and all Judea. Verse 5 of our gospel reading. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. So point number one, they were baptized and they confessed their sins. And point number two, to confess, the Greek word is homologeo, that's the, that's the verbal form, homologeo, means to speak the same as someone else. You see, God's law says that we are sinners, that we are lawbreakers. And our experience confirms it. To confess your sin, therefore, is to simply agree, is to say the same thing as God's law. Now, I have spent most of my life avoiding asparagus. I had never tried it, but I knew I didn't want it. 
until Harriet and I were dinner guests at the home of a very sweet woman in Texas, and she served us asparagus. Harriet looked at me. I looked back at her. I looked down at the plate, and I thought how impolite it would be if I refused to eat her asparagus. So I ate it, and I liked it. And I've been eating it ever since. Again, etiquette is simply polite behavior. And etiquette for children is as simple as saying, learning to say please, thank you, and excuse me. <laughs> you know, that's etiquette for kids. Please, thank you, excuse me. It's simply showing concern for others. That's all it is. And in the same way, if the Lord is coming to you, and if the Lord himself prepares you for his coming by sending John, then you welcome the Lord how? You welcome the Lord by welcoming John. You demonstrate proper etiquette toward the Lord by receiving the messenger he has sent to you and by receiving the baptism he has for you. That's etiquette. And so notice letter D, the etiquette of John. Verse 7 of our reading, And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. Notice point number one. John redirects attention away from himself and toward Christ. He redirects attention away from self and toward Christ. That's etiquette. When John speaks that way, he shows concern not only for Christ, but for his audience as well. Because John cannot save anybody. Only Jesus can save. Jesus must remain the focus. And then verse 8, he says, I have baptized you with water. Well and good. That's God's command too, right? But he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So point number two, John rightly subordinates. He subordinates not Christian baptism, but his preparatory baptism. John's baptism was preparation for the baptism of Christ. He subordinates his preparatory baptism to Christian baptism. See, John's baptism was important. It was commissioned by God. It gave forgiveness of sins, but it was water only. Christian baptism is much more. Christian baptism is not only water. It is water and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 3, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So Roman numeral three, etiquette for you and me today, for believers today. Letter A, you all make his path straight. Question, fill in the blank. The shortest distance between two points is a straight line, correct, okay. Make his path straight. The straight line is important here, it's the shortest distance. The shortest distance between you and Jesus is it's baptism. Baptism. 
Baptism is a straight line from Jesus to you. In fact, baptism closes the gap between Jesus and you. Baptism is mentioned five times in our text today. It is that important. We read in Ephesians 5, the words of St. Paul, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy. How does he do that? Paul writes, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Water and the word together make baptism. And to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. That's God's promise to you concerning your baptism. And there's many promises like that concerning your baptism in Holy Scripture throughout the New Testament. And I would recommend daily do this. Begin each day remembering your baptism. Review those passages in the New Testament about what God did for you in baptism. You know, if you have a concordance in the back of your Bible, look up the word baptize or look up baptism and then go to all those references and read again and again what God is doing for you in this simple act we call baptism. Giving you rebirth, bestowing the Holy Spirit, forgiving sins, on and on it goes, making you sons and daughters of God. Letter B, this is what it means to humble yourself before the Lord. We humble ourselves through remembering our baptism and acknowledging our need of it, our need of it. Every day we should return to it. The Apostle James writes, humble yourselves in the sight of God and he will lift you up. My friends, humility, humility is proper etiquette toward God who comes to us in humility, the humility of the cross. He comes to us not in the wrath and the anger that you and I deserve, but in the mercy and the forgiveness that he knows we need. Etiquette is not a list of rules that we grudgingly must keep. It is an attitude, an attitude of caring, and that includes caring about him who first cared for us. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.